Thank you for doing that. Um, I found something the other day that somebody shared with me that he said, do you realize that you can have a closer relationship with Jesus than the disciples actually did when he was here on the earth? When the disciples wanted to talk to Jesus, they had to wait their turn. How many people are in here? 75, 80. Every prayer that went up was as if it would have been the only prayer he was hearing. We don't have to wait in turn. We don't have to wait in line. That was a challenge for me. Uh, thank you for you who are working here. Thank you for campers. Uh, it's been a wonderful time. You were very hospitable. The food was great. And I must say, you're a good set of young men and women. I didn't get to see that much of you, but yet, it doesn't take you long to be in a group of young men and women before you can find out if they're here for the right reason or not. In Bible school, it doesn't take very long. And in the first two, three days, you'll know what kind of group you're going to be dealing with for three, three weeks. Coming down here was pretty nerve-wracking for me. Um, I do not like crowds. Walking into a place and knowing that I will not know a whole lot of people, it doesn't set good with me. But coming here and seeing so many Bible school people here was an encouragement for me. Um, it was not like going to Bible school, but there's a lot of you that are here that have been there that we have crossed paths with, and I thank you for it. Um, I, am, I am a nervous person. I am. I just, I try to lay things down at Jesus' feet. I hate flying. I called Ada on, uh, see, we flew down here Wednesday. Tuesday morning I called her and I said, I, I was making deliveries. I said, I'm not sure I, I'm not going to puke. Just thinking about flying tomorrow. And when we were flying down here, she was like, well, why do you hate flying? I said, well, I'm a big man. I'm tall. I don't fit in the airplane. The seats are tight. And then when I went to put the seatbelt on, I thought I'm going to have to ask for an extension. That was hard on me for the lighter side. Back to you as a ministry here. I am so glad we had the opportunity of coming here. It wasn't what we, it, I, did, I, had, I had no idea we were online. We looked at a few things, but I had no idea what you have here. And I want to bless you for what you're doing. Not in just out there, but the people you are touching. Hearts that are being taken care of. As young men and young women that come here. It's inevitable that everyone that comes through these doors in the Mennonite world is here for the right reason. Probably not. God has chosen everybody that is here, and I am sure they are being taken care of. Ed and I were reminded again that you were praying, that paths crossed, that we had no idea that we would have crossed. 
God is miraculous. If I would have known that some people are here, I don't know that I would have had the guts God laid on my heart. Thank you for praying. Okay, let's, we're going to continue. I don't, probably won't get done again, but it's okay. We've had a great time and um, I encourage you, you heard, you saw the video we shared and, and it's a great video and it talks about the voices and Remember the video we watched about the, uh, the guy said that he, he probably went over there and he shooed the vulture away a few times and it came back again and he shooed it away again. You know, that's how our lives are. We have to stay in touch. We have to stay in tune. The voices that we hear. Remember. Sometimes I think that we live in a life where You, you see so many people with earbuds. The other day, a couple years ago, we have what they call Swartz and Truber Amish in our community. And it was freezing cold. It was like 10 below zero and I was going down the road. And here comes this Swartz and Truber, they call them pickup trucks. They had a cow in the back. It was freezing cold and blowing and snowing. And they have these haircuts that come down here and he had a big straw hat on and as I passed, I looked and I looked and I looked again. White earbuds, strings going down into his pocket. The young man had a phone in his pocket and was listening to something way, way out of what they're supposed to be doing. My point is not that. My point is that God's voice comes how to us? The wind, the tornado, the storm, and he was not in it, but he came in a, in a still small voice. I was blessed to hear that you have solitude time here. Am I correct? I was blessed to hear that. Some of our youth go to Igo, and I have two nephews over there right now that are over there, and they do the same thing. I encourage you campers who are here, start doing it yourself. Sometimes I think we're so preoccupied. We have so many things going. There's so much music blurring, so much stuff that we forget that God comes in a still, small voice. And we can't be preoccupying our mind all the time so we can't hear that still small voice. Okay. Service for others. And I was pleasantly surprised as I looked through this. And I'm always appalled that it is hard to find a community where you travel through in the United States that you don't find a Mennonite church that's in shambles. Why? We are all supposed to be servants. We should all be striving to get to know each other so well that we won't have these problems when they turn up. Years ago when I worked for a furniture company, there were things going on in work that were less than to be desired. So our boss each gave us a book and he said, we're going to read this book and it's one chapter at a time. 
and we'll get that together at the end of the week and we'll talk about this book. The book was about the Navy SEALs. When I looked at it, I'm like, what in the world? But it's one of the best books I ever read. Now, I'm not condoning the Navy SEALs. But the way that they train is phenomenal. They know each other so well that when they are in town trying to take over a town in dark, in the dark, they know how each other's shadow looks. Because when they come around the corner of a building and they see a shadow of another guy coming around the other corner, they need to make sure that it's one of them or not one of the enemy. We have no greater example than Jesus coming down to earth. He had it all. He had everything he wanted in heaven and he came down to earth. There was nothing here for him. Zero. But you and me. The only reason he came to this earth was for you and me. And we are supposed to be servants to each other. Philippians 2, 5 through 8, let, his mind, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. A man... And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So what is a servant? A person who performs duties for others, especially a person employed in a house, on domestic duties, or as a personal attendant. Noticing this definition, definition, there's nothing in that definition about you. Does that make sense? Being a servant, there is nothing in there about you. A person who performs duties for others. If you take it back to the original Greek, this word in the original Greek means slave. And what I'm going to say next, I want to say very carefully, and I want to say very, very respectfully. Remember what I told you the other evening on this side with this group of people? In the Amish world, I think it's like 65% chance that you will become ordained. Mennonite world might not be quite that high. But there's a good chance that 50% of you will have the opportunity to become ordained and be Ministers. A servant has no what? A servant has no what? A slave has no what? No rights? Anybody else? Has no freedom? <laughs> oh boy, I didn't think about that one. <laughs> Not what I'm looking for, but you're right. It's not that bad being ordained. Pain. No pain. 
Oh, okay, let's quit this. I'll just say what I'm looking for. This is going bad real quick here. A slave has no power. I've been a deacon for eight years. In that short of time, the amount of people that I sat down at a table with who were just scared of the deacon is amazing. A servant has no power. And we're going to talk about a lot of things this afternoon that I know that I get a lot of negative feedback. People don't agree with me. I think we need to change some things. We have a great falling away from what we believe is what we want for our young men and women. So why are we continuing to do the same thing? You can go through the Heritage Bible School with some of the older men and you can leave through that book and all they do is, he's no longer here. He's no longer with the Mennonites. He's no longer with the Mennonites. He's divorced. He married an ungodly woman. There is no power in a slave. The Bible talks about servanthood 492 times. I only have a few. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. Mark 10, 44 through 45, and, whatsoever of you, and whosoever you will be the chiefest shall be a servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Mark 9, 33 through 37, and he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What is it that you disputed among yourselves by the way? And they held, held their peace, for by the way that disputed among themselves should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said, saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. A servant is one who has... I'm sure when, I, when we came here and after I was here for a day, I looked at Marlon and I said, wow, you guys are busy. There's always something going. That's a servant. A servant. We had the conversation at home. We had a week where it was just crazy busy at home. We were talking about it. Andon and I were talking about it. And I said, what can we do? Where, how can we slow down? How can we change things? And he looked at me and he said, Dad, it's the life of a Christian. If you are plugged in to a Bible-believing church and you are being servants for people, you will be busy. You will be. You should be. Jesus took time for himself too. We need to do that too. But a servant is busy. Bear with me a little bit. I played this song. I'm not going to play it again. 
I need to switch screens. Those of you who are from Bible school have heard me say some of this before, and I'm, I'll say it again. We're going to go through here. In the medical world, which one of these is more important? Somebody want to share? Boy, these people are in trouble. You, you can't live without either. Will the one live? Here, let, let, me, let me switch forward. The heart has its own pacemaker, independent of the brain. As long as it has oxygen, it continues to beat. The heart could actually be removed from the body, placed in a saline solution, given oxygen, oxygen and still continue to beat. This is why, although the brain is dead, the heart continues to beat. I'm not a doctor. I found that online. So from what I read this, it's saying that the heart is, to a certain extent, more important than the brain. You can, you've heard of people who are brain dead who just lay in bed and it, it's, I mean, they can, live, they can live years like that, being brain dead. But have, have, ed, have any of you ever stood beside a bed where they removed the... Uh, Life support. Have any of you stood beside that bed? Somebody watched somebody do that? Ada and I had the opportunity, one maybe. Ada and I had the opportunity of doing that. I, I hope nobody ever has to see that. But, you know, as long as the oxygen is in there, that, that, that heart is still pumping. The minute the plug gets pulled, it's just, just slower and slower. I have a point that I'm trying to bring out. The Bible talks about the heart 800 times. It talks about the brain, the mind, 95 times. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Get it? Sometimes I am worried in our Mennonite world that we have it here, but we don't have it here. If you are going to live your life and being a Christian and if you just have it here, there's a good chance that you were one of these campers that your mom and dad said, you're going to camp or else. You get it? Happens in Bible school every once in a while. There's an individual that really struggles in Bible school. If you dig down to the bottom of it, he said, well, I don't want to be here. Mom and dad said, if I don't come, it's an or else. Now, if you're here that way, it's still God's divine calling that you're here. You have it here. You don't have it here.
Remember what I said about Aid and I? If you really want to connect with somebody, you need to connect heart to heart, not mind to mind. And we are going to look at a few scriptures. I know it takes it hand in hand. As a little child, the knowledge is there of what needs to be done. There's actually in Exodus, it brings out the, the Ishi and the Philile. If you've been in Bible school, we talk about that. The Ishi is the, you have to do it. It's the slave type, the dictator type ship. Yeah, dictatorship. It's kind. I'm getting tired. If once you get beyond that and you really see the trueness of it, it's here. You lead from here. Proverbs 4.23 Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It doesn't tell us to guard our minds. It tells us to guard our hearts. Matthew 9.4 And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil where? In your hearts. In German, growing up, was in des Hatzes kommt des Mundel. What's in your heart will eventually come out through your brain and through your mouth. Exodus 8:32, and Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also, neither would he let the people go. Even Pharaoh, in what he was doing, it doesn't say he hardened his brain. It says he hardened his heart. Job 23, 16, For God maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubleth me. Psalms 119, 10 through 11, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Have you ever, have you ever been talking with a person who has the answers to everything? Have you ever been in touch with somebody like that? That's a tough person to have a relationship with. We'll talk about that as we go through. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Matthew 15, 8. The people, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Psalms 119, 10 and 11. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy words have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Did I do it twice? No. Yeah, I did. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Acts 2, 37, they were pricked in their heart. Acts 7, 51, uncircumcised in heart and ears. Acts 8, 37, if thou believest with all thine heart. Romans 6, 17, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, every man according as he purposed in his heart. Somebody answer me. What did King Solomon ask for? Wisdom. Oh, I'm glad I'm here. He did not ask for wisdom. He asked for an understanding heart. We have for years been taught this over and over and over and over again. There was 25 of you who said wisdom. That is not what he asked for. He asked for an understanding heart. We've got to change it. 
Guess what? And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child, but I know, I know not how to go out or to come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen. A great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for a multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. He did not ask for wisdom. To judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this so great a people? But guess what? Guess what happened? 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 14. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked for riches for myself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but thou hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy lords. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding. See, if we ask for the right things, God gives us more than we ask for. So that there was none like thee before, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that thou which hast not asked both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. I, when I was looking for this and when I was searching through this again, I asked myself the question. I searched. Where does wisdom reside? And, 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 and I didn't find a medical term of anybody that can tell me where wisdom resides in your body. The other evening when you were playing the cup thing, um, that was literally 100% everyone's body reaction time different. The person with a great reaction time grabbed that cup. The drag racers, the guys that sit at the line beside each other looking at the red light, yellow light, green light, boom! The person with the best reaction time will always win the race. It's not always, not always, it's not always the biggest motor in that truck. It's that reaction time. So get what I'm saying? Where does wisdom reside? Wisdom largely developed through reflection on past experience. It can be sourced through reading, encountering new experiences, edu extended education, befriending wise people, and even travel. According to, according to some, wisdom can only be found in the holy reverence of God, the fear of the Lord. Wisdom is an inward possession, a spiritual treasure, and is exercised on earth. I have preached this numerous different times, and I get a lot of feedback. And I, and I you cannot have both. Uh, you cannot just lead from the heart. Get it? If you just lead from the heart, you're going to be a passionate 
pushover, whatever. I mean, it takes knowledge. But I hope that when you young men become ordained, that you connect here with your people and not just here. When somebody is hurting and he is down in the depths of despair, a person with a nod of knowledge will look down and say, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, you should be doing that. You see that ladder right behind you, just get ahead and crawl out. But when you lead, when you lead other people, when you connect with hearts, you will get down into the dirt and you will help them up the ladder. You will not just stand there and tell them what they're doing wrong. going to skip past that. We looked at that already. I kind of struggled with, with sharing this because I'll expose some things that I do in Bible school, but I am going to anyway. If you come and you're in my class, that's okay. If you come to Bible school and you're in my interpersonal relationship class, the first day that you're there, I'm going to give you a paper with these three pictures on it. And your homework for the first day is to write a story about one of these pictures. It can be true or it can be false. There's very few of them that come through that are actually true stories. But the emotions I get around, out of the false ones you get what I'm saying? The emotions I get in those stories, even though they say it's not true, somebody had to feel them. Somebody had to feel them. I wish I would have. I didn't. I should have started saving all the stories that I got out of these three pictures with their consent, and I didn't. We have a certain individual in our church for years. He was struggling. And I could always, I would know on his Facebook page, if that picture showed up, I knew he was struggling. There's a story behind it that that, girl's, that story I just pulled off of the online. This story here, the counseling center, we, work, we deal with some. The story of this little boy. Uh, one of our counselors found the picture of this little boy and they wanted to use it and obviously you can't if you want to sell it you can't use it so they went after the picture they found the picture they found who took the picture and there's a story behind the picture I'm going to call him little Johnny there was a big gallon glass jar of dill pickles on top of the refrigerator Mom told him he cannot go up there. He cannot have dill pickles. Guess what happened just before they found him in the corner like this? He tried it. He let it fall, and there was dill pickles all over the place. And he said, his mom said, that is how I found him sitting in the corner. And I took a picture of it. And she said, yes, go ahead, use it. You're fine. 
These are all heart pictures. What's happening on the inside is showing on the outside. And I don't want to put you on false trips, and I don't hope you think that I've been just standing here and watching you and trying to figure out who of you are struggling or not. But there are emotions on your faces. And I thank you for being studious and attentive. I know there's a lot of things going through your mind. This next video is just a short video, and I'm not sure why it's in here, but yeah, I do. It's exactly opposite of what you guys are doing here. had a punch but little things in our lives little things we do the little moments he had a golden opportunity to take care of somebody's heart he could have parked that car he could have got out and he could have said ma'am can I carry your bag for you but no he did not have time he stopped and he blew the horn and tried to get her out of her way remember Things don't just happen because. We're going to talk a little bit. I'm going to take you through a journey, and I want you to come. I want you to check each other, check your own hearts out, see what kind of heart you have. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I think it's time that we start looking at each other through the lens of our hearts instead of the lens of our minds, because when we look at each other's hearts, we try to connect. We try to look behind that mask. Every one of us wears a mask. I don't care. There's very few. No. We all have a mask. Behind that mask is really who you are. Why do you do what you do? And can we see each other for the mask that is on your face? When we flew out here, we landed in Springfield and... Airplanes were all behind schedule and everybody was going crazy and um, I got out and got our bags and Ada was still sitting down and there was an older gentleman behind me and all of a sudden I heard him yell and before I knew it, two grandpas were at it. I mean, they, were, they weren't swinging, but they got it calmed down out there, but going out through the tunnel ramp up into the airport, they were going at it again. For a while, I thought I'm going to have to go back there and tell grandpas to grow up. But guess what? That was not that. Get it? It wasn't the airport. It wasn't the airplane. Something was behind that mask that triggered two 75-year-old grandpas to do something like they were doing. Do you have a compassion and heart, sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortune of others? And you are doing well, those of you that are here and working, I believe you have a compassion and heart. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. 
What goes through your mind when you see someone struggling? What goes through your mind when you see something hurting? And do you have a heart of compassion? Do you have a judgmental heart? Having or displaying an excessively critical point of view. Is it my way or the highway? Are you willing to let other people? Keep on going and you stay behind. Matthew 7, 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. If we judge other people, we will also be judged. Luke 6, 37. Judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not and ye shall not be condemned. Forgiven, ye shall be forgiven. I know we haven't talked about forgiveness this week. I wanted to. That's a huge part of your heart and it's just not enough time here to do it. If you can't forgive people, for what happened in the past, you will not be forgiven. John 7, 24, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. When somebody is sharing with you, can you just sit there and listen? Silence is often a measure of success. Success. Most of us, when somebody is sharing what they are struggling with, we sit there with half of our brain. I'm not sure I can't remember. I don't think, is it guys or girls can't do that? Half of your brain, I don't know, whatever. Half of our brain is listening to the person and the other half is trying to formulate an answer to the problem before we even know what the problem is. Get it? Silence is often a measure of success. Even though we don't know what the issue is, we're quite sure we've got the answer they need. Richard Franklin found that the average time to interruption for doctors was 18 seconds. What about Mennonites? How many of you have been to the doctor and you've went in there and you wanted to really tell them what's going on? And, and it, it, it's the truth. You've got about 18 seconds to tell them what's wrong with you because if not, he's got you diagnosed and he's going to shove another pill down your neck. Don't get me in trouble here. <laughs> Talk less and ask more. Your advice is not as good as you think it is. I could have had a whole list of scripture. Read Proverbs. Remember, read Proverbs. He that answereth a matter before he knoweth the issue is a fool. There's a verse in Proverbs for that. There's no wonder people are going home and being home, going home with that hurt feeling because we're not willing, we're not having, letting that have them the time to spill their guts to us and just sit there and listen. As I go through here, I want to iterate. I am not condoning sin. It's not what I'm saying. Sin is sin. That's why counselors say it's so great to be a counselor. They can sit there and say, uh-huh, yep, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep. But once again, us as Christians that are following each other have to tap each other on the shoulder and redirect every once in a while. Do you have a loving heart? Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. 
doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it shall, knowledge, it shall vanish away. Why do we have all the church problems we have in our communities? If we would all just, now I want to be careful. If you're struggling with divorce, remarriage, gays, lesbians, immodest, stress, and all that stuff, I understand that things need to be addressed. But I can dare and tell and say, tell to you that 75% of the church issues we have is not that. This is agape love. What does agape love mean? The Greek word for a pure, willful, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another honest good, another highest good. Remember that. The Christian life is about the other person. What's your name? Yeah, you. Can you come up here? I wasn't going to. I think I'm going to do this. Can you come up here? What's your name? Come up here. Oh, boy, you got a hurt finger. Can you lay down on the ground here, on the floor? Face down or face up? Uh, Face down. Can you stand back there? Don't put your nose on the ground. (laughs) Can you just walk over top of him? Be selective, I mean. Just, he's huge. Just step on him. Yeah. Walk over him. <laughs> That's agape love. It's plain. You can stand up. You can go back to your seat. John 15, 12 through 14, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends, and that was literal. So why do we have all the problems in our churches? If it takes you to lay in the mud so somebody can crawl over top of you and not get dirty, are you going to do it? How about you? If it takes you to lay in the mud so somebody can just crawl over top of you and not get dirty, can you do it? We can't even do that. The Bible tells us that we are supposed to die for each other. And we have people fighting in church because they just flat out don't like each other. There are so many young men and women being hurt because of churches that can't get along with each other. But I am excited about this group here. Because that is one of my driving forces to look at young people and to teach young people is I have faith in you that you will do exactly what is here. If it is sin, I'm not talking about that. We still need to help each other. But these stupid little things that we are fighting about on earth will not keep us out of heaven, but the fact that we are fighting about them they will keep us out of heaven.
in agape love, there is nothing in return for me. And I'm going to share this again. Agape love is forgiving somebody that has hurt me. We hear so many things. Well, I'm doing what I can in my marriage and my other partner is just absolutely, she's not doing. Where in the world does it say that agape love stops if you don't get it returned? It doesn't. You love, you love, you love, you love, you love, you love until you die. I'm so tired of giving and getting nothing in return. Guess what? That's agape love. Agape love doesn't mean anything in return. Look at Jesus. He did it. Why can't we? I got it in here twice, I think. There's a story of a man waiting in line at a restaurant shack somewhere. There was a few people in line there. There was a lady. And all of a sudden, she smelled flowers. And she was wondering why this guy smelled like flowers. So she asked him, sir, what kind of cologne are you wearing? And he said, it's not cologne. I work at a flower shop. How do you smell? I'm not talking physically. The people you are around with, the relationships you have. What is a relationship? A relationship, the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected, or the state of being connected. I say this kindly, and I say this gently. If relationships just fall by the wayside wherever you go, it's time you check your heart. It's time you check what kind of love you have in your heart. Are you a person that people like to be around? What is your witness? Are you a light or are you darkness? John 8, 12, then, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. Are you walking in the light? Do people that are around you see that you are walking in the light? Do you challenge people to live a better life? Or are you switching back and forth from light to darkness? 1 John 1, 5 through 7, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one in another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I want to reassure every one of you, and I, I'm, I am safe to say that every one of you understands this, but I'm going to say it again just in case. 
heaven and hell is real. It's not a joke. You are young. You and you alone know where you are at in your life. Just to reiterate that the mind is, is a thing that we need to deal with, and it is, you, you, you need, I want you to study. I want you to be wise, but don't let your wisdom overrule the feelings of your heart. First Samuel 2.35, And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my mind. They are together. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. Proverbs 29, 11, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. We cannot just have one. But I dare say, in the short time, I've met a lot of people who are leading with this and not with this. But I have faith in you. The fact that you are here at Hillcrest gives me an idea you're possibly here to scope it out and see if you can spend some time here. And I bless you for that. Those of you that are here, working here, bless you. Thank you. You're making a difference in those people that are here. Ezekiel eleven nineteen, And I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh. And I will give them a heart of flesh. That's what I wish to every one of you in closing. That if you are here with a stony heart, it doesn't need to be that way. God can change it. Ezekiel 36, 26. A new heart also I will give you. And a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Where are you? Where is your heart? I know I rambled a lot. Are there any questions? I know if you are here and you have questions, You're not, if, if you're okay with sharing them now, I'm okay with it too. Does anybody, did I say something that was confusing to you that we can clear up before we part our ways? When you talked about wisdom, how closely were you relating that to knowledge? Is that... Good question. Is there a difference between wisdom and knowledge? Yeah, I think there is. Okay, explain yourself. I never thought of it that way. I always kind of looked at wisdom and knowledge being the same thing. I mean, it's, it's both a brain thing. Um, I'm not saying you're, what you said is not right. I'm not. Um, I would say wisdom. And, I have always looked at it as wisdom and knowledge. I would say knowledge is, is 
the knowledge of knowing something and wisdom, there is some difference. Yeah, there is. Um, my, my, main, my main thing is, through this whole thing, back to that statement, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I mean, especially you young guys, we did not get to, I wanted to talk today about uh, letting God be your guide, and I, I'll just insert this at the last of that. I, if you have questions, ask advice. You're young. There are older people in your church who have walked the path that you are going to be tra tra walking, and they might have dealt with what you're dealing with. Don't be scared to ask advice. But at the same time, when you do that, be careful who you ask for advice. Don't go to somebody who you know you're going to get the answer you want. If you're just doing that, you're just making yourself feel good. I mean, it's, well, okay, I asked somebody for advice, but um, we, my cousin decided she's not going to wear headship veiling anymore, so she went to a lot of people asking for advice. Well, she went to all the church leaders that didn't wear any. What, what were you looking for? Thank you for asking a question. Did that help? Anybody else? Okay, once again, thanks for your attentiveness. I, we enjoyed ourselves. I had a lot of fun. I love talking to youth. Um, the passion of mine. Um, live life intentionally. Don't live life just because. I'm not asking you to live your bucket list out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to sh you go do whatever you want to do, but live life intentionally. When your feet hit the floor every morning, the devil should be there. <laughs> she or he is up. Live life intentionally. Thanks for your time. Thank you for your attentiveness. I did not see a whole lot of people sleeping until this afternoon. Lunch was really, really good, and it's nap time, so I understand that. Turn the time back over to...